Yo, yo, yo. Hi. Hey, everybody. It's Elder Olivine Yates. Catch me on Instagram at Young Yates, Twitter at Rev Young Yates. I'm here and I'm joined by. This is Camry Butler. You can find me on Instagram at Miss Cam Nicole, Facebook at Camry Butler. We're excited to have you guys for another uh, episode of Come See Real Quick. Uh, we are getting uh, down to what I like to call the brass tacks. Uh, as we progress into the season, uh, we take deeper dives beyond the surface level. And today, I think, is one that's going to go pretty deep. Uh, it talks about a thing that's often overlooked and has been said that the best way to hide something is in plain sight. And in this scenario that we're discussing today, I think that happens often because though it's very prevalent in action, it's not always uh, mentioned uh, in the circles of health and healing as it should be. And so I'm going to let Miss Cam Nicole bring in that topic. Uh, we're going to get riding tonight. Yes. Um, so, today, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about self-sabotage. And as you've already said, you know, we don't really get to talk about it a lot. And I think this is like a perfect time for us to talk about it because we talked about addiction on the last episode, um, which is definitely a form of um, self-sabotaging behavior. Of course, we talked about like the biological component of it, um, but it definitely, you know, it's a deeper dive. It goes into like self-concept and those negative beliefs we have about each other. So I definitely think that this topic, this episode is definitely on point. And so people from all walks of life, like self-sabotage. I know a lot of times we think like, no, this doesn't apply to me. Um, but I think most of us have done it um, at some point or another in our lives. Of course, we would see probably a higher correlation of this in individuals who live with certain disorders. Um, but I think that it's important that we kind of speak to the masses today because so many of us have self-sabotage um, in some area of our life. Um, at some capacity, whether we know it or not, um, whether we did it, you know, consciously or unconsciously, whether that was addiction, you know, whether that was, you know, whether we do it in relationships, whether we do it in our career, you know, school, at some point, I think we've all experienced this, like I said, whether we did it um, on a conscious level or an unconscious level. So I think this is really important. I think that is uh, beyond true. Uh, I think a lot of times we get wrapped up and whether it was, it's done, just to piggyback, whether it's done consciously or unconsciously. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I think uh, if all I'm focusing on if, is my conscious behavior, then I can uh, miss the, sub, the subconscious actions that I'm taking that may be towards self-sabotaging. And mm -hmm. if I just choose to blatantly ignore uh, things that may trigger me or maybe uh, a stumbling block or hindrance, you know, that's, that's self-sabotaging in itself. And I think, you know, as opposed to getting caught up in the minors uh, of how it's happening, be it subconsciously or, or consciously, I think it's just so important to note uh, that this is very uh, common uh, mm -hmm. amongst human beings. I, I remember in various settings of uh, careers that I've, I've seen self-sabotage firsthand. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm speaking from the, the youngest of children to the oldest of uh, adults. Uh, mm -hmm. It has no respect to person or age because I think it's just uh, my personal belief is that 
in the society that we live in, it almost teaches us to live inside of our heads. Mm-hmm. If we, whether we're introverted or extroverted, to some extent, we live inside of our heads. Right. And it's easy to get to self-sabotage in, in, a, in a place like that. You know, my grandmother's wisdom would just simply say, an idle mind is the devil's playground. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said, it goes it goes to, to it, it relates to our thinking. And so before we, you know, get too deep into the conversation, I want to take a little step back and talk about like, so what is self-sabotage, right? I think it kind of like self-explanatory a little bit, self-sabotage, but the definition says um, when we self-destruct physically, mentally, emotionally, or deliberately hinder our own success and well-being by undermining personal goals and values. Simply speaking, like we get in our own way, right? Despite what we want to get to obtain, we get in our own way um, despite our best intentions. Um, and so Dr. Judy Ho, who is a clinical psychologist, um, talks about like self-sabotaging being um, being universal and we have the, and everybody has the ability to do it, right? But there are two main drives. So we either want to obtain rewards or avoid threat. <laughs> um, and so when those things are balanced, right, we're doing well, but when those things are out of balance and we start to, uh, and we start to prioritize avoiding threat, over obtaining those rewards, that's when we start to self-sabotage. Um, and it's not just avoiding a physical threat, obviously it's avoiding a psychological threat as well. Um, and so it's like, what if I don't get accepted into you know, my top university? Um, and so we did talk about conscious and unconscious self-sabotage. So an example of consciously self-sabotaging yourself is you know, wanting to get healthier. We all say we wanna do that, right? I wanna lose 20 pounds at the beginning of the year but then we go and eat a piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> uh, you know, we go and eat a piece of pecan pie, right? That is directly, a con- that's in direct conflict with the goal that you said that you wanted to obtain. You know, but something that's more unconscious is someone saying, you know what, I really want to be in a healthy, committed relationship, but you continue to engage in negative relationships or you continue to kind of every time you have a potential partner, you find something that's wrong with them. So that's something that can kind of be unconsciously done that you don't realize that you're doing it. Yes. Yes. I, I think, uh, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And, and getting the base of understanding of what it is helps me to, to see when that comes up or even if I have deja vu moments that has happened before, and, and, you know, first step to solving any problem is acknowledging that there's a problem, mm-hmm. not necessarily something being wrong with the person who sabotages, self-sabotages because everybody has the capability to do so, mm-hmm. but more so how am I going to address uh, what's what's coming at me as I was listening to you. It, it really struck me uh, because I, uh, I, I purposefully um, work towards uh, not being a self-sabotager on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And I, and I often wondered why I got to that. You know, I read this book, Dr. C.N. Dayton, uh, about forgiving and moving on. I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty good. And so I grabbed it and not not really realizing how much it was going to help me in the long run. And throughout this book that I just thought was a good read when I bought it, I realized, because uh, it's a devotional book, I realized on numerous days that, man, I've been self-sabotaging myself before. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, unknowingly, and I, and I ask myself, I wonder how many others operate just like this without knowing 
what the real root of it is. Because a lot of times we just do what we see modeled before us. And if mm -hmm. I come from a background where uh, self-sabotaging is normal, then maybe that becomes normal for me. Mm -hmm. uh, my CPE uh, supervisor, Chaplain Bill Hawkins, used to say that uh, oftentimes people move through self-sabotaging by using the word should, which gives a signal of shame. And, and you, you know, a lot of times when people feel like they didn't make the right choice to do the right thing, they begin to should all over themselves. I should have mm -hmm. done this. Uh, <laughs> I should have moved this way. I should have started here. And and that, you know, something simplistic like that is probably a routine self-sabotage uh, action that takes place amongst children's adults alike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. So you were like all in my notes, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you brought up so many things, right? So like, we need to know why we do it, right? So because if I if I don't know why, then I can't fix it or I can't manage it. I don't like to say fix, right? But I can manage it. Um, you talked about um, it being modeled, right? We A lot of times we do things because it's, that's the pattern that we were shown um, and then shooting on ourselves. So we'll get to that. But because you brought up, you know, the why, I want to talk about the why. So the four primary reasons why that Dr. Ho talks about, um, and maybe we can like link that book in the link, but, you know, we'll get there later. Um, it's the LIFE acronym, L-I-F-E. So the L is a low or shaky self-concept, right? Low self-esteem. And so in, usually individuals who have a low self-esteem or a negative concept about themselves, they're usually going to um, engage in negative behaviors, right? You are more likely to be unhealthy to yourself, right? And I mentioned the addiction episode earlier, Um Outside of, you know, the biological component, you're not going to be nice to yourself if you don't feel good about yourself, if you don't believe that you deserve good and healthy things in life. If you have a low self-esteem and a low self-concept, you are more likely to engage in those self-destructive behaviors and patterns versus someone who believes that they are, that they deserve good things, they deserve good relationships, they deserve the promotion. Um, and so having that uh, low self-concept really contributes to self-sabotaging um, self because you're reinforcing um, the way that you feel about yourself. I know we hear a lot like the relationships that we're in, they're all a reflection of the relationship that we have with ourselves. You allow, you know, people to do to you how you feel about yourself but you also you know you allow things to happen to you the way that you feel about yourself um and so that low self-esteem is you know really a big one uh, the i stands for internalized beliefs that we learn from childhood uh, which goes into that modeling that you discussed so if you see mom and dad you know engage in self-destructing behaviors if they taught you um, or actually told you, you know, negative things, then you are, again, more likely to um, engage in those self-destructive behaviors. Um, the F stands for fear of the unknown. Um, ambiguity and not knowing what's coming next really causes a lot of anxiety in people. Um, and so that fear of the unknown or the fear of change, right? So if you're having to change a department, change a position, leaving, you know, going from home to college, um, whatever the change is, getting married, having a baby, those are all major life changes. And for a lot of people, that um, that can be really fearful. And then finally, E is excessive need for control. 
which is a big one. <laughs> and it kind of plays off of the F, the fear of change, and then the need for control. Um, and we can't control most things that happen in life. Um, and so L-I-S-E um, is the acronym for why, you know, we tend to self-sabotage. I heard you link the two. Uh, and I'm always amazed at how the fear of the unknown and the need for control are, are always closely tied together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's probably just simply because we have a fear of the unknown. We want to have better control over what's next, you right. know. But but even in in my in my spiritual spiritual focus on it, I believe the more answers you get, it's a good chance the more questions you'll come up with. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just countless number of stories throughout the Bible uh, where people had a fear of the unknown and that's where faith comes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, if I could control it, would I even have the need to believe in something, uh, something greater in the first place or hope for something greater in the first place, if Mm -hmm. I could, if I could control the circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so I I look at this life acronym and, and I, uh, though it's not, directly tied to uh, religion, I, I just look at the focus and steps and see that they're not too far off from what a, a spiritual individual would probably uh, proclaim as faith. Uh, you need uh, to have a belief. Uh, it, it's based off of the beliefs you have. That belief breeds fear uh, and that fear uh, and or worry makes you want to control. But mm-hmm. at the start, it's a low value of self. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not that smart. And so I'm just going <laughs> flat out and flat out and ask, you know, what if I increase that value of self? How does that help my chances at not self-sabotaging? Yeah, I think increasing our value of self, right? So the more I believe that I deserve good things, the more that I myself as something valuable and and valuable outside of like external things so not I'm just good because I'm good at my job or because I contribute this um or you know you know I'm I make this I'm I'm good because of performance right a lot of people tie their goodness or their value to performance um but I am good and I am worthy because of my person, because of me. And so the more that we increase that, I'm less likely to self-sabotage because I believe that I deserve these good things. And so it's, I'm no longer reinforcing this negative self-concept that I have about myself, but I'm now reinforcing the, the positive self-concept that I have about me. Right, right, right. I, I can definitely... Uh... I can definitely hear that, you know, with uh, with self-sabotaging. Is this something in your field? Do people willingly admit to these type of behaviors or is this something usually uh, that takes work to get to the actual honest answer from each individual? Uh, you know what? It's a little bit of both. Some people will willingly come in, you know, when I when I'm getting a new client the first time and I'm like, you know, tell me a little bit about what's bringing you in. Um, some of them will say, you know, I'm having an issue with work or with relationships. And they don't, they usually don't use the word self-sabotage, but they notice that there's an underlying pattern 
that's happening that has that's causing an issue in their life that's and it's enough to bring them to therapy to need to manage it um but usually it's like we've talked about it's unconscious and they are not aware that they are engaging in this self-sabotaging behavior um I deal with a lot of relationships so I'll probably talk about that a lot (laughs) um a lot of times the women that I work with are dealing with a lot of unhealthy relationships and they don't notice this pattern um, that's going on. And so part of my work is helping them to realize and see like, this is the negative pattern. Now, why are we engaging in this pattern? Is it because that you don't deserve that you deserve healthy relationships? Um, Is it because yes, you were modeled this unhealthy pattern of relationship um, as a child. And so you don't really know what to look for. Um, And so it's about helping them to uncover that why, because some of them are doing it unconsciously and they don't know why. Um, But some of them are self-aware, so that's what's bringing them in. Okay, okay. You know, I... uh, Tell me what you think about perfectionists and Uh. (laughs) self-sabotage, because... Uh-oh, you're saying that I lost you. Perfectionists. Okay. Okay. I lost you. I lost you for about two minutes. Can you come back? Can you repeat that? I I said we often laud the term perfectionist as if it's uh, a a positive attribute. You know, Mm -hmm. that's usually what we walk into interviews with when they ask you to tell you your weakest, you know, your weakness or whatnot. We we lean on I'm a perfectionist, but you know when Mm -hmm. I when I bought that book, I bought it to quote unquote expand my my uh, horizons and that's what I did and but I realized that I've been telling myself I'm a perfectionist for years mm-hmm. which basically leads me at the place of self-sabotaging because it's hardly anything uh that I will accept it's almost like I have an insatiable desire mm-hmm. be- because I want to be perfect at everything yeah I think perfectionism is a big one um and I think it goes with, I think it coincides with like the fear of failure. Um, and you can tell me what you think about that, right? Um, and But it keeps us, perfectionism keeps us stuck in this like hamster wheel um, because perfectionism isn't attainable. Um, and so we like get stuck in our thoughts and we think that, we think that we're doing something, right? Because I'm, I'm striving to obtain this thing that's, it's never really attainable, but I'm really stuck in my thoughts and I'm not doing anything constructive. Um, and so we're stuck in this like analysis paralysis, but I think it's really linked to like this fear of failure um, that people, how can I word it? Um, and I think we have to change the narrative, right? Around failure because that's really what it boils down to. People don't see, I heard a quote that said, perfection is, or failure is the mother of, failure is the mother of success, right? And so I think if we change the narrative around failure, that that will aid us and that will help us with perfectionism. That if I don't see failure as I failed, I'm doomed, it's never going to get better. But if I can change and say, you know what? Failure is going to come, right? That's inevitable. And failure is a learning experience. I think we can shift away from perfectionism and this need to be perfect um, and accept failure as a learning experience and that it can propel us into something better. 
I definitely agree. You know, in my in my efforts at at trying to be a successful perfectionist, I've learned that failure is going to happen. And and you know, I think is what you what you're saying is is so spot on because I say it often that even when you can't change the circumstances, you can change your perspective. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so, if you shift the narrative, like you say, then I would be more accepting of my failures as a teacher. Mm-hmm. As opposed to use them as a as a piece uh, of my history that I ought to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the it's the the difference between should and could. Mm-hmm. I should have done, or I could do better. You know, it, it's all about how I choose to, mm-hmm. to to look at it. You know, but but yeah, yeah. I, I I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also think it's not only the fear of, of failure, but some people have the fear of success, right? If you, you know, if I obtain this huge goal, what do I do with it? Especially if you come from a family who you'll be the first, right? You're the trailblazer. Um, there is a fear of success um, that you don't know what to do if you were to obtain this thing. And so not only do we have the fear of failure, but we also deal with the fear of success um, that I'm going to self-sabotage so I don't get here, right? I'm going to keep, I'm going to mess up so that I don't become the lawyer or I don't become whatever my family is hoping that I do to be the savior of our family, um, which is also very interesting. (laughs) And and see, I, I I'm more prone to lean towards the fear of success as opposed to the fear of failure. Mm. You know, I I think that uh, because of so I move, I, I'm very meticulous in my movements, and so mm-hmm. I'm learning to appreciate my failure. So I'm shifting away from perfectionism, or at least trying to be, but I'm still meticulous in in how I process and think things out because. Mm-hmm. And my mindset, what happens next if I succeed, you know, because I don't want to get to a place of being complacent. But then just as if the mindset from failure to learning opportunity has to shift, I I think sometimes uh, where we deem things complacent, complacent, it may be the place of cultivation. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. the process will will call for you to be still. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody likes rains, but we don't get the pretty flowers unless the rain, <laughs> unless the rain beats on the soil. It's part, it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think that, uh, and I think that self-sabotage is so prevalent in the area of a fear of success because when there is not a clearly identified fear of success, it usually moves in as a as a shock mm-hmm. that when I get to that success level, I'm almost in a panic. Like, all right, now now what? Mm-hmm. And then that comes the spiraling down effect. Right. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, now what? And I think also a part of it is you don't know how to be still, right? Um, <laughs> Can I can I embrace this success? And we call it mindfulness, right? Um, be mindful in the moment. Can I can I be still and embrace this moment, this success before 
excuse me, having to reach for the next. Um, and so I think that that's very important that you were very interesting that you said that, you know, what's next? I've obtained this thing until we constantly, and that's going a little bit off of self-sabotage, but, you know, always feeling and constantly being on this, I have this, what's next? I got this degree, what's next? We can never just settle in um, and enjoy what we have obtained. Yeah, yeah. And so after we, you know, kind of understand, okay, why am I doing that? Is it the L? Is it the the lower shaky self-concept? Is it the internalized belief, the F, the fear of the unknown, the E, excessive need for control? After you kind of, and it could be a combination, right? It doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, But after you kind of explore what that looks like, then what, right? So number one, become aware of your thoughts. Um, So a couple thinking errors that cognitive behavior therapy talks about, which um, you'll hear me use CBT for short. Um, One of those thinking errors is um, catastrophic thinking. So usually when when we're thinking about something, individuals who lean towards catastrophic thinking go towards the worst case scenario. Um, I'll use the world pandemic that we're in right now. So my God, there's a pandemic. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to be homeless, right? So that's the worst case um, scenario that you can lean towards. Um, Black or white thinking, an example would be I didn't get the promotion, I'm a failure, right? So you internalize what's happened um, and you identify with what's happened. I didn't get the promotion, so I am a failure. Um, Another one is um, social comparison, looking to others um, who have achieved, right? So it's okay to have mentors, it's okay to look at other people, but sometimes we take that overboard a little bit and we always hear um, people say, you know, don't compare your chapter two to somebody else's chapter 10, right? So we have to be okay and comfortable with where we are versus um, comparing it to someone else who is further along than we are. And what you talked about earlier, right? We should on ourselves. We have this mentality or this thought that um, I should be at X place in my life right now. I should be married. I should have kids. I should have this degree. Um, and all of these things can cause like a lot of shame, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. Um, and it causes us to like get locked in into like we either do nothing because we're anxious, we we feel shameful, or we like run in the opposite direction um, and we run away from what, what's going on. Um, and so those are kind of kind of helps you after you know what's going on, kind of helps you move through that um, and figure out what's the underlying cause. I think those are very helpful. Some of them I practice myself. And I think Mm -hmm. that, uh, I think it's something, uh, self-sabotaging is something that people should just take an honest look in the mirror and ask not if I do it, but when was the last time? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I you know, and it's and it's sad, but I just I just as you were reading the list, I, I kept wondering, you know, how do we get here? How do we get here? But as as human beings, it's almost in a sense of uh, 
the society we live in that teaches us so much of independence. Uh, we don't always know how to operate uh, in a group well. Mm-hmm. I, I love the example, but I didn't get the promotion. Uh, so I must be a failure. Well, God is a God that collectively sees over all of us mm-hmm. as well as meet our individual needs. And I don't think that he has to stop moving in me just so he can move in somebody else. Mm-hmm. Er- ergo, if somebody else got the promotion, I can grow to accept that because I I can believe that the same way it could have been mine, it could have been theirs too. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, I think these are, uh, I think it's definitely a, a topic that needs uh, a personal conversation from each and every individual regardless of their age or stage in life. And I'm so thankful for uh, for these CBT uh, helpful hints. Yeah, and like some things that really help with like the black and white thinking, right? Um, I failed my test. Another example is like, I failed my test. I'm a complete idiot. You know, a lot of times what I yes. will have clients to do is like, what is the evidence, right? To kind of help shift, shift that perspective. And instead of internalizing it, externalize it a little bit. What is the evidence that this thought is accurate um, or is not accurate? Like, what is the evidence that there, that this thought is not accurate? Um, is this black or white or is there shade? Is there room for gray? Um to kind of help us dispel some of these some of these negative thoughts that we have um and it, not even negative thoughts like realizing that thoughts are just thoughts they're mental events and just because I'm having a thought um doesn't make it true and so asking yourself some of these questions um can can help kind of work through some of those thoughts I also think like social comparison you know right now because of social media I think really feeds into the social comparison um, because people are comparing themselves to what they see on Facebook, what they see on Instagram, um, and can really make people feel like I'm not doing well because of what I see being portrayed, right? People And people don't realize that most people only post their highlight reels, um, but social comparison can really impact people when they um, don't realize that or when they're not secure, when they don't have that healthy um, self-concept that can really feed into um, that their self-sabotage. Yeah. 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 You know, it's uh, a lot of the generations before us say that most things are not new it's just, it just gets a lot more media attention now because of how the media works. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think this is one of those things, however, I think that because of the media attention, it helps us to address things that probably would have just kept getting swept under the rug, mm-hmm. uh, would have kept going uh, untreated and undiagnosed and unanswered because I think that that social comparison is one that has traveled through the annals of history. I mean, that's why we have situations like classism, fascism, uh, you know, different sets of caste systems in parts of the globe. And that's and that's still present even today. And so I'm I'm glad for the advancement in technology because sometimes uh, it helps us see things that we wouldn't uh, have normally saw. You know, I could argue with you all day long about me not uh, being a self-sabotager. However, 
when Facebook pulls up my memory for four years ago, <laughs> you know, and I can read not just I'm struggling with this, but all of the comments of people saying I struggled with that too. Mm-hmm. And so I think just as much as you can identify a weak link amongst others, you can you can easily overlook it. Absolutely. Because like you said, if I'm, if you know, I, I'm, I've taken the time to make that post about mm-hmm. self-sabotaging because I may have been really dealing with it heavily at that time. Mm-hmm. But as, as you said, though, but if I'm just posting my highlight reels, I'm painting another picture, which can eventually develop a, a totally different emotion in another person. Absolutely. And we can just assume that everything's all good. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it basically said... Uh, does his own bookkeeping this this social media mm-hmm. absolutely you know and all in all I just want people to understand right that self-sabotage we've all most of us I don't like to use absolute <laughs> uh, most of us have done have self-sabotage in some area whether it was relationships career school and in some area to some capacity we have all done it um whether we realize it or not like you said subconscious uh, unconsciously or consciously um but just like it may be a learned behavior whether it was you know due to low subconscious whatever the reason why just like you were able to learn it thoughts can you can learn a different way right so just because you're doing it now does not mean that there's no hope right I'm going to always be like this I can't stop self-sabotaging right you can unlearn, you know, some of these unhealthy thoughts, unhealthy behaviors. Um, And so I just want to kind of give some hope to people so that they don't feel like all hope is lost. Our minds are plastic, like they can change. Um, And so we can definitely unlearn some of those unhealthy habits. Definitely, definitely. Man, I enjoyed it tonight. You touched on all the right things again talking about things that people would often avoid uh, but I think the hard conversations are the good conversations so uh, it was pretty dope tonight we enjoyed you Miss Cam Nicole thank you thank you thank you I'm looking forward to the next one alright man you guys have a great Monday uh, check us out in a couple weeks we'll be right back here on this same place uh, same station uh, with the same people talking about the same thing, same types of things that people would love to avoid. Rev. Young Yates, Miss Cam Nicole, come see real quick. Bye. <laughs>